0: Hey there, it's Coach C, and welcome to the Coach C Podcast and the Daily C Webcast, whatever we want to call that, because this is going to be going in two places. For our listeners on the Coach C Podcast, I'm so excited that uh, to be with you today. We have a really special guest, and for those of you who are watching us on our YouTube channel or watching us on IGTV, thank you so much for the uh, the engagement lately, you've been amazing. Thank you for reaching out to us. I can't believe the support that everyone is showing and really appreciating some of the content that we're bringing forward uh, from the Coach C Cave here in Toronto. And I really want to welcome, I'm excited today because we have Jose lerat Lerat-Peton and she is uh, somebody who is incredibly special to me personally, not only do I get to work with one of the best HR consultants and coaches around, but she's also the CEO of HRICU, and I know a lot of you who are listening today or who are watching this have, if you own a business or are part of a business, if you're in a leadership role or a management role, you have probably got a lot of questions and you've probably got a lot of things that you want to hear about, you know, how do I deal with the HR in my company in ways that I've never had to deal with before. And we're not going to talk a lot about COVID specifically, because I get really tired of hearing from people about COVID, but we are going to talk about what are the issues that are rising to the surface that you know were very unpredictable or maybe even predictable, but we want to hear from, from Jose, who specializes in this and has been helping companies just like yours, who has been helping leaders just like you get through these kind of times. So thank you so much for joining us. I know how busy you are and I'm just really grateful. we had to reschedule this session three times.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah, we both have very busy lives right now. <laughs>
0: yes. Josie, why don't you just share with us a little bit more about your role and what you do for for our clients and for your for your specific clients as well? Yes
1: yeah. um, so for both of our clients mainly what I do is help um, sort of any leader at any level of the organization with all of their people concerns. So that could be some day-to-day things as people calling in sick or not wanting to come to work, um, or it could extend to um, someone having to go on sick leave, right. uh, performance reviews, you know, health and safety. So sort of a, a general, um, general HR generalist role, yeah. um, but at sort of a higher level. Um, one of the things I don't do is most of the hiring, but I do a lot of the firing. Yes. (laughs) So so I also help coach leaders on what to do when they need to exit an employee or what is the best option uh, for employees when they are no longer a right
0: fit for the business. Um, I love, I love your rule book. Do you want to tell people your rule book? (laughs) How to stay out of HR jail. This is very important, but like just on the firing element, just tell people how to stay out of HR jail.
1: (laughs) Well, there's a couple things. How to stay out of HR jail. Um, The first thing would be to always ensure that there's some type of communication. Um, Communication would be key when you're looking into uh, wanting to terminate someone. Um, But then there's a couple things that we have to think about. Is we never think about the day that we're going to you know, terminate someone or the time that you can terminate someone who's going to be our witness. And these are all things that I would coach um, a leader on because they are things that can truly make an employee extremely uncomfortable and something that a leader may not have thought of. So there's little, um, little things little extra things that a leader can do to help ease their concern on delivering that message but also obviously for the employee because it's never easy to sit across the table or desk and actually have that conversation with someone so if there's something that you know you and I can do to help facilitate that when we have those conversations with leaders it's great to have these extra little tips and stuff and we talk about that too also in my book
0: navigating HR yes and we'll, I'll, I'll put the book up in, in a few minutes. But I think um, one of the things this week I read as a, as a management tip from a very high level source, and it annoyed me. And the caption was use compassion when furloughing or laying people off. And, like, if you have to be told to use <laughs> compassion when doing that, maybe you're not the leader you thought you were. And then I recognize, after I stopped myself from having such a harsh judgment at first, I realized people right now do have to be reminded to be compassionate because in some ways we have never been in this place in history. We've never had this many people being, having to be laid off or furloughed or uh, get some kind of assistance and leaders I think are very overwhelmed. So now I've got a little bit more empathy Um, towards is like, yeah, maybe they do need to be reminded that you know they do need to bring compassion to that situation. But at first, my first reaction was, why do you need to be told to have compassion? What kind of leader are you? So what are you noticing in terms of the impact on leaders that are having to let go of a lot of employees or having to restructure their businesses because of that? Um, I think
1: you actually really nailed it, is the volume of work that people have to do right now. Normally you call your HR consultant maybe once a month, you know, maybe twice a month, that kind of thing. But you know, right now I'm, you know, getting text messages and emails and calls on a daily basis from the same clients yeah. because of the sheer volume of employee questions and concerns and not even knowing how to deal with your business. So yeah. this is really a great test for a leader to see how they react under pressure um, and what kind of a leader they can truly be with compassion. Because we have to remember at the end of the day, it's a human being that we're speaking to and we're truly affecting their life in a positive or perhaps potentially negative manner. So having that compassion is truly of utmost importance right now because there's so much uncertainty. So, you know, using your heart when you're making these decisions and having conversations and again, is that extra tip uh, like the, it goes that long way to really help someone during
0: this time? Yeah, especially if there's someone that you do want to bring back in once this comes comes away, right? So some mm-hmm. some some leaders are choosing, you know, not to pay themselves or to do everything they can to keep their employees and and not have to use the systems that are put in place to help businesses and. That's great, but some don't have that option. Their costs are running too high, and they've had no choice but to furlough people and to lay people off. So they might be valued employees, but the minute you let someone go, the conversation they have is, you didn't value me enough to keep me. Why would I want to come back to you? So the way you go about doing that and making sure that they still know they're very valued and when you guys get back on your feet as a company and run forward, that makes all the difference for engagement. And I think it's important. Well, it's also just
1: how the employees are going to speak about you throughout this process,
0: right? Yeah.
1: So they're going to talk to their family. They're going to talk to people on social, you know, and they're going to be able to share, yes, I want to go back to this company or no, I don't because of how they treated me. Exactly.
0: So you, uh, you're protecting your brand just by being powerful in how you execute that process. Yeah. A lot of people, I'm sure, are coming to you and saying, okay, it's no longer called EI, and there's a lot of different, you know, terminologies for when you do have to let people uh, go and what kind of government support. Can you talk a little bit about, in Canada specifically, what are some of those triggers and what are people calling it now? Because I've lost the plot. I've listened so many times to different media and news. I just call you. Right. <laughs> well,
1: changed uh, several times as well Um, so having to stay abreast of this and and, you know watching Justin Trudeau and the finance minister and everyone on a consistent basis has become very important I've never watched the news so much in my entire life (laughs) Um, but yeah so currently there for most parts of Canada again EI no longer exists if you apply for EI it got merged into CERB which is the Canadian Emergency uh, Benefit Service so that um, is sort of the same type of application process, it's done online, um, you know, you still have to have some type of record of employment from your employer, because at some point in time, CRA will come back and connect with you uh, to confirm that you It are might off- be 10
0: years mm-hmm. down the road, but they will be coming for you, it's CRA, they don't forget anything.
1: Right, that's <laughs> the thing is, we have no idea when, um, and you know, and the Canada.ca site does not specifically explain when this is gonna happen, but logically we know um, that this will happen, you know. It does say that they may ask for documentation, so it's important to still have that record of employment and and information from your employer so that when they do contact you, you can prove that you were off for legitimate reasons. Um, I've also though heard many people already who've been denied uh, the CERB benefit uh, because they were not eligible. So if someone is calling to find out if they're eligible, um, there may be a chance of their decline, whereas when you go and apply online, you just automatically get the money. Oh. Um, so Justin Trudeau had made that very clear at the beginning that they really wanted to help people at the beginning. So by having this 1.5 million people apply you know all within the same week, they had to just process all of these claims, evidently to help people have money to put food on the table right um, However, for that small percentage of people, that we're hoping to perhaps cheat the system. <laughs> uh, this is um, good information. You know, they um, very, very possibly they're gonna have to pay back the money once uh, CRA or someone comes back and says, you know, why are you off and XYZ, you may not have actually been eligible. So, so I, you know, now if someone's applying, you can call and get information. Um, at the beginning, you could not because obviously it was just overloaded. Uh, but I would certainly encourage someone to really educate themselves before they expect to get that money or for them to go ahead and spend all that money and then at the end when you're doing your taxes you're going to have to pay back some money.
0: Yes. So. That's that's a great tip for people because I don't think they are expecting to have to pay pay that money back. I know. And, get, I know. and, I, and yeah. Yeah, interesting. And I think uh there's been so many shifts and nuances. I think this is something that our clients are dealing with. Like we've talked a lot about this. But we have different ends of the spectrum of where people are at right now. And right. some people are, you know, can't get their employees to come to work, even if they're an, an essential service. They are marked as an essential service, but they were, they're choosing to take the, you know, they don't want to take a pay cut or they don't want to take reduced hours. They want to take the full time off and yeah. get furloughed because they're getting money for it. And then other end of the spectrum is people want to feel valued and they want to dig in and they're willing to take... You know, certain cuts and certain hits just so that they can stay engaged. What have you noticed in that? Um, I'm seeing both ends of the spectrum, either this way or that way, very little in the middle.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. That's exactly. I feel like it's a total black and white. So we've got a whole group of people that really want to go to emergency response benefit. And they're like, I would love to sit at home and get $2,000 a month. So they're choosing to do that. Right. Um, but then we have a whole other group of people that are happy to take a 10% cut in the intro because they know it's not long term, right? Sometimes the company may be up to 15 or 20%, but they also feel loyal to their employer right. and help their employer during this time. Cause they know it's not their employer's fault. Exactly. Not, right? so yeah. having that relationship with your employees, I think is also extremely important because then you're going to see the employee's going to value you just as much as you value them, you know? And there's a lot of people that are choosing to still work and they're just working from home. Yeah. You know, all these things on social that their their new, you know, colleagues or their kids or their dogs or their cats, you know. (laughs) But it's it's so fun. It's been so lovely to see that sort of shift in people who are used to working from home. I mean, you and I are very used to that. But a large portion of the world, it's so new to them. So seeing how they're sort of adapting with this new normal is actually a really cool experience.
0: Yeah, it, it's pretty funny, especially when, like, for me, I have three kids, and I'm not I'm, used to them being at home during the working day when I'm on with clients. And this morning, our youngest came in, and he was wrapped in a towel out of the bath, and I was in a Zoom meeting with someone in, in the UK. He didn't even know, man. He just drops the towel. And I was like, this is an awesome BBC moment. Right. So, and I think you're seeing a lot of that side of people, but you, you I want to unpack something that I think is really important because you mentioned it, but I want to follow the thread a little bit. And people who are not used to working from home, like you and I are adaptable that way and, and this is kind of just how it is for us. I still get up every day, put my makeup on, and here we go. So for me, it really hasn't been a big difference other than I have three noisy people in the house more often and, right. and a trader in my dining room, a bond trader in my dining room, but we won't talk about him. But I also think that people who are used to going to you know get their, their coffee in the morning, get their Tim Hortons, go with their colleagues, have a bite you know, start their work day, I think they're really, they're really struggling with keeping intention and momentum. And I think that level of uncertainty and fear for a while it rose, and then it kind of settled again. And now it's kind of, I'm seeing, I'm seeing different ends, like they can start their day in the morning, and they're perfectly perfect. And by yeah. noon, they're a basket case. So tell yeah. me a little bit more about how you're seeing that lack of structure and what's happening for people and what you're noticing.
1: Well, I've heard even some people that are trying to leave the house with their backpack or their briefcase, um, getting into their car, driving around the block, and then coming back into the house. Yes. It looks like they're going to work. You know, this is what's helping them sort of mentally adapt with that, right? Um, And then not everyone has the privilege either to have sort of an office. So some people, their office is becoming their dining room, their bedroom, table, And so how can you have an office in the middle of your home when your kids or, you know, dog and cat are also roaming around all the time? So, you know, there's that part to it is it's just having to get out of that um, environment and trying to create something that can help you sort of settle into the workplace. Because our home doesn't look like work either. No. You know, Um, so even just that is... People aren't used to. I mean, you and I both actually have an office. So yes. if I want to go and do work, I sit in my office, you know. Um, the other thing I've heard a lot of is people are missing their work wives and work husbands. Yes. <laughs> you know, because they also used to have different conversations with them throughout the day and different people to talk to. So even if they may be speaking to some clients throughout the day, there's also a connection and a relationship that people yes. are missing.
0: Yes. Um, it's and i, to- I, I
1: missing that as well, you know. Yeah
0: hundred percent. And I think it's that's one of the toughest things to emulate is and because they don't necessarily pick up the phone and drink their coffee with each other on the phone because that's not right. what they did before. So it's not it's not a natural thing for them. And yeah. I, we've been encouraging a lot of people to do that or get into a Zoom meeting to start your day and have your coffee and create an intention or do something that allows you to feel connected and that you're not alone in this. Right. And start your day that way or end your day that way or do it at noon, anything like that. And I'm noticing that that is the thing that people are missing, that, you know, that daily camaraderie, that daily kind of cajoling, because you don't do the same things at home with your spouse or your kids. It's not the same. You're a different person at work than you are at home. And, And it's very interesting, I find. But I also think people have become really incredibly adaptive, and yes. a, a lot more compassionate towards each other. Um, yeah. I led a webinar last week where we saw some real vulnerability of people. They were saying, like, exactly what you said. I'm, I'm working at the dining room table. My kids are around. I'm trying to homeschool. The dog's barking. And I'm trying to answer client calls. Yeah. Like, that is very challenging for people. And yeah. I think there's, there's a lot of, I think, you know, it needs to be recognized as vulnerable and courageous, yeah, and
1: I think too, like you can see that even um, you know radio stations, people are doing things from home, and and you know our news channels, they're doing things from home. So I also find that society has really gained a different level of appreciation for the people that we watch on the news every day. You yeah. know, yeah, because you see them in their home, yeah, you know, with their kids, or you know, with the dog trying to come and get them while they're doing a Zoom call to everyone or something. You yeah. know, so as much as sometimes it's challenging for people, I think that it's really brought an amazing connection as well um, with their family, but also with the people that they normally were connecting to, because we get to sort of see a side of people that we would have never seen previous to this. Yeah. Yeah. I Um, agree with you. We're sort of secret a little bit, you know, we only shared what we wanted to share, you know, now we're forced to share everything because of our environment. And I think that's kind of just, Uh, it's been really neat to see, you know, that that people have sort of let some of their guard down um, and allowed people to truly get to know who they are in their whole life. And we can even see like we can see each other's homes and see what the home looks like. Whereas we would have never seen that previously.
0: Yeah. And I I think the funniest one I saw one day, I was on a leading a webinar and um, this person is working from home and he has a lot of reptile tanks all around the house. (laughs) And it's like, you could see his living space was really tiny. And he was just like, you can, and I wanted to talk about, I didn't want to talk about any of the things I had to talk about. I wanted to talk about like, tell me more about what you've got in your house, right? <laughs> like it's distracting more, but it was really interesting. So was, those are the little things. And I know you've also had a lot of disruption in terms of, you know, one of the things that we talk about always is, is attending to people's mental health and well-being. Yeah. And I am someone who what you focus on grows. And so if you give people big enough challenges to rise towards and take care of that mental health and well-being, they will rise up to those challenges. I'm also seeing a spectrum where people are feeling very disconnected and undervalued. And I think it's that undervalued, like, do I still have a purpose? Do, I, do they value me? Do they appreciate me? What are you seeing?
1: So there is the whole other side, obviously, to mental health that um, has been exposed more than anyone probably would have assumed, right? Yeah. I um, think it's a very, way. very challenging. I would say even just from my role because I'm not a counselor, I'm not a psychologist, um, but sometimes I feel like you know I'm having a call with someone, and if I had an office, I'd be like, please, you know, have a seat on my couch. Right. <laughs> you know? um, like you know, like that's kind of how you feel. Exactly. Have, have a little lie down and then yeah. we'll chat, you know. Um, and one thing that I see is, is just the anxiety of the uncertain, the unknown, yeah. that has absolutely taken a toll on, on a group of people. Um, and sometimes they don't necessarily have an avenue or they're not sure they have an avenue of, of where to go. So it may not be anyone's fault that they don't know the employer supplying them with something or even the community. Um, And then sometimes those are not necessarily conversations that you would have with your spouse. You know, it may have been your work wife or your work husband, because again, there's a different relationship with them, you know? Um, So there are absolutely uh, some individuals that are having a challenge with mental health. I can say that the cabin fever is is sort of a a term I can hear frequently. and, And I use that as well, though, because I used to be on cruise ships for so long that I'm, very in tune with what cabin fever feels like when we were moving from the transatlantic going from you know one ocean to the other we would be stuck on board for a certain period of time where you really could not get off the ship and once we would finally dock on land everyone wanted to get out (laughs) it was like oh my god life again you know even though we could walk around the ship and you can breathe fresh air and you know there's a lot of people there it was just the idea of having to be confined in the same location over and over, you know, um, that does absolutely take a toll on people. So I've been recommending a lot of different services. Um, some are free, some are, um, you know, with a small fee, a nominal fee, a lot of companies have really reduced their fees, uh, to offer mental health programs to people. Um, so I'm happy to share information with people if anyone's looking. Um, but I certainly would say that exercise has been helping a lot as well. So going out for those walks, um, have a dog, then that forces you to take them out for a walk or families. I see that a lot in my neighborhood where families are going out for walks all together. Um, so that's also just helping people get the blood flowing, which really does help with your own mental health, you know? Um, but I would say that people have to reach out and because there's so many people even around the world and this is what I'm saying like even if it's not in your own community, there's still even someone on social that you could talk to and is going to listen exactly. it's um, this has been a very odd time but a, a great opportunity to share how much people around the world have really done their part in connecting yeah. and supporting each other it's it's been amazing how if someone needs help and you can just, ask for help. And there's so many people that are willing to come and assist, you know, whether Mm -hmm. it's with masks, whether it's with mental health, you know, whether it's, Mm -hmm. you know, funding for programs, because there's been people with, you know, Nova Scotia, you know, the families, anyone, Mm -hmm. you know, any of those funds, people are so willing to donate in a second, you know, it's, it's like, you don't even have to think about it, people are there.
0: So that's been one of the one of the gifts, as you said, of watching people come together to solve some of these problems. Right, that normally wouldn't, and communities coming together to solve problems. That you know, there's there's five families that our community, you know, just got together and said, "There's five families that don't have." And this was led by Trevor Bodkin in um, in Montreal. Um, You've met Trevor or spoken with Trevor, but this was just one example where people needed diapers and baby food and and supplies, and so we got a group together, and then they went and they dropped this off because these these are families that. English isn't their first language, and they're new to Canada, and they don't know how to get some of those things. And it's really important that we look for um, opportunities outside of ourselves. Absolutely. Because I think when we focus outside of our own challenges and we help other people, our it's it's amazing, but the reciprocal effect of being of service and helping another person really helps you. It, uh, yeah. and not in a, And I don't mean to say that in a selfish way, but the act of giving and the act of service really takes your attention off of your problems for a little while. And you notice that your own anxiety levels go down and you, you feel like more value because you've created something that you didn't have an opportunity to do before. So um, I, I, I highly recommend, yeah, to look for those challenges and, and how can you support. And even if it's not a monetary thing, because not every, everybody's very concerned about finances right now. Everybody's very challenged with money right now. And I think it's, it's important to understand there are many ways that you can help. And there are many things you can do or reach out for help and look for the online communities to get support. So either reach out to Jose or reach out to myself. We can definitely show you where you need to, you know, what you need to hook up with different, different mental health issues that you might be dealing with all of those things. But sitting in it alone is definitely not the answer.
1: Absolutely. And and that's where, you know, I do uh, tips of the day all the time. And one of my most recent one is, you know, we may be apart, um, but we're definitely not alone. Yeah. And and this is what this type of situation has really demonstrated to me is how amazing Canada is, (laughs) you know, and, and how we have such great people that are willing to help for anything and everything. And it's been really heartwarming. Yeah.
0: I think that is one of the definite positives that's come out of this is there's a heightened level of conscious awareness
1: Mm -hmm. between people.
0: and vulnerability, like letting your guard down and say, asking for help and asking for that is a big deal, but being, being willing to provide it too. So it's really special. So yeah. is there anything else in terms of what you would like to wrap up today? And, and one, I really thank you for being with us today and talking about some of the different things that people are going through and, and the support that you're providing for a lot of business owners and their employees. Is there any tip of the day that you want to provide for us um, from, from your perspective? Um,
1: I would say one of the main things that always comes up in HR um, is communicate, communicate, communicate. <laughs> yes. And sometimes we think that we've done a good job at communicating, but we have to remember that our clients, our employees, our listeners, we all learn uh, in a different way, um, which is why we need to sort of communicate as frequently and in different manners as possible So that we can really connect with the person and that individual in front of us. Yeah. Um, So, you know, as a leader, um, business owner is over communicate specifically during uncertain times is, uh, you know, I think people will just appreciate the authenticity um, and the fact that no one has to have all the answers and we're looking into it and we're supporting each other. Um, but really keeping people in the loop through communication, I think, is really
0: important. I agree with you. And I think that's number one, is even if you don't have the answer, say that. Yeah. It's yeah, it's absolutely. better than saying nothing because then people, ha- it's like, okay, but you're working on it and we'll figure it out. We'll either figure it out together or uh, we won't, But <laughs> at least you're telling me. So I want to do a little plug here because this is one of the most, if you have employees or you're working on navigating any kind of you know, employee issues, employee engagement, how to communicate. This is your toolkit right here. And Josée Patton wrote this book. It's called Navigating HR, Simple Tips for People Leaders. And we always talk about, you know, show us a business problem, we'll show you a people problem. And this has a lot of tips, tricks, and t- tools in here that can help you avoid the people problems. So don't wait until you get into the people problem Solve the people problem before it's actually a problem. So I highly recommend, and you can download this on Amazon as well as, uh, is there anywhere else that they should be looking to pick up the book? Um, the publishing company is Freeze and Press, but the easiest yeah. one is Amazon. Amazon, yeah. Freeze and Press, yeah. And it's also on your website, uh, yeah. H-R-I-C-U, and I think it's on the Contrast Results Group website. And if it's not, whoever is listening is responsible for that website. Please make sure it's there. Pretty sure it's there, though. So... Uh, So, again, thank you so much for joining us. For those of you who are tuning in to the Coach C Podcast or watching the Daily C, we hope that this inspired you, motivated you. If it didn't, there are thousands of other podcasts and people out there that you can get some tips and tricks from. We're just doing our part and doing our best. Please follow uh, the Contrast Results Group on Instagram, Coach C Official on Instagram. You can follow José Laroc Larrape-Catant. It's actually JLP. On, on official, on Instagram and on Facebook, and um, also on LinkedIn. You can find us on LinkedIn. And, um, again, we'd really love it if you go to our YouTube channel, uh, go to the Coach Seep, uh, the Daily Seep, go to that YouTube channel and populate that, because we only need a few more people to sign on for that so we can actually put our name in there. It's very funny how the algorithms work, but we want to be able to put our name in there, and then we can do some really cool stuff with that YouTube channel. So, if you're liking this content and you like what we're delivering to you, we really appreciate it. And keep listening to the podcast. And that's it for all the commercials. We're out. Thank
1: you. (laughs) Thank you, Jose.
0: Hold on. (laughs)